You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm Jake Lisko. He's James Rapine. We have a preseason game coming soon. Real football to talk about, and James and I will give you who we're watching on the defense, on the offense, coming up in segments two and three of the show today. But the story of the day is an answer that I imagine surprised Dan Horde and Dave Lapham a little bit when they talked to Jesse Bates about his contract extension talks on the Bengals training camp report. Boy, Jesse Bates contract negotiations. We talked about this the other day. There was a report that said that the Bengals and, and Bates weren't close. At the time, I thought, Uh, negotiating tactic and it might still be it might be that the Bengals lowballed him and after his after his comments today that second possibility may be a little bit more likely than I previously thought the quote is I guess I haven't done enough yet to be considered one of the top safeties in this league that's what Jesse Bates told Dan Horde when Dan asked him about the report that said the negotiations aren't close, I imagine Bengals PR putting Jesse Bates with Dan Horde and Dave Lapham on this show, they imagined that he would downplay it, maybe not comment so directly, but instead we get a very blunt answer from a very serious Jesse Bates, a, a major tone shift from the last time the media talked to Bates about his contract extension And I'll say this, James, it doesn't necessarily mean anything. It could still be posturing. There's still plenty of time for this deal to get done. But the one thing that is for certain is that this is not, I'm super eager to get it done. This is, all right, let's figure it out and see if we can get it done. For sure. The mood has completely changed over the past couple of weeks. And that might be as simple, Jake, as the Bengals' first offer just wasn't, what Bates was expecting. Maybe it is 13. Maybe the guaranteed money isn't what he was expecting. And so now there's this tabling of the negotiations. Who knows, right? But clearly they're far apart. It feels like that that Jeremy Fowler report, extremely accurate, if not spot on. It felt like that came from Bates's camp to begin with. And then you have Bates, a guy who's established himself as a leader, by the way, practiced on Thursday after making these comments, is going to play a couple of series on Saturday night. Oh, there we go. There's a little preview for what we're going to get to in segment two when we talk about the Bengals' defense. But with all that being said, the fact that this guy is willing to say this to Dan Horde and Dave Lapham on Bengals.com, a live stream, he knew what he was doing. And it, it... Could be as simple as he wants to get their attention and make sure that they're aware, hey, I'm dug in here. If I got to play out this year, and and that's what I'll do. I'll play out this year, and I'm not going to pout. I'm not going to mope. I'm going to bat balls away from Tyler Boyd in practice like he did on Thursday in seven-on-seven, and that's that. And one, that's a great attitude to have. But two, Bengals fans, they're out there saying, well, what the hell? This has been your philosophy. It was from 2011 to 2015 when you had all that success and then you drafted poorly and couldn't do this, but you finally get it right with a guy like Jesse Bates in the draft. You develop him into one of the best safeties in the game. 
you mentioned this before we started recording, Jake, how they've thrown him out there and praised him on social media and the PR campaign from that side of it. And that's not necessarily the PR team, the marketing team, whatever you want to say, that is uh, advertising that Bates is one of, if not the best safety in the league. And then when it comes down to it, and my agent sits down with Katie Blackburn, and that's who's negotiating this deal, we are far apart. What? And so that's the part that's concerning because it just it doesn't it doesn't add up with the Bengals' philosophy, and that's why I think there's a reason to think that eh, this could still get done. But I get why fans are much more uneasy now than they were even a few days ago when that Fowler report came out. Yeah, I'm just surprised it's gotten to this point. I guess where Jesse Bates feels like he has to say this. I mean, he was dead serious. The full quote continued after he said, not considered one of the top safeties in this league. He said, which is fine. I'm going to work just like any other day, my first three years being here. So to your point and Zach Taylor confirmed this continues to be the consummate professional continues to practice. Isn't threatening to hold out. And maybe is just comfortable with that scenario. We talked about the other day, James of, going to the franchise tag and waiting for the cap to go up and is really comfortable betting on himself. But it, it just doesn't make any sense to me. They've, they've maintained all this cap flexibility for this year. We know the cap is going up in the future. They got the deal out of the way with Sam Hubbard, which was going to be the easier deal to get done. They know that this is going to be a difficult negotiation. And exactly what you're saying from a PR perspective, let's get on the same page with the front office. Because the way that they keep promoting Jesse Bates, I mean, daily, it feels like in training camp, best safety in the NFL. And now he's telling the team reporters, well, they don't think I'm the best safety in the NFL. Obviously, they don't value me that way based on the contract offer I got. That's the implication. And meanwhile, the team's promoting him as such. It's just not a good look from a PR perspective. And that could be all this is. I'm, I'm a little surprised that this eventual eventuality this reality is is one that we live in that this actually was allowed to happen <laughs> it's just like how do you let that happen is is kind of a question but doesn't necessarily mean anything to the actual status of these contract negotiations probably not honestly probably not i still think this deal gets done there's too many reasons for it to work the the clear mutual admiration of Bates with the Bengals, the Bengals with Bates, the continued PR push, the awareness that they seem to have that this is a really important player to our team. It's not like we're hearing from Bengals coaching staff, well, this is a guy that needs to get better. Like you heard with uh, William Jackson, for example, where you heard those subliminal, we think that he needs to prove it kind of messages from the coaching staff, from the team. You're not Mm -hmm. really hearing that about Bates. Maybe we will. Maybe they've just kept it really quiet because of all the excitement, because of the PR push. But for now, it feels different from the William Jackson situation. And I, I think that they do value Bates highly. I think the deal still gets done. It's just not a good look. The optics today in particular and the emotional reactions that we're seeing in this you know, crazy news cycle, everything's available immediately, everything's on social media. And I'm partially to blame for this because I published the, the quote right away on Twitter the reaction is bad and the optics are bad. And now we're just not going to hear anything about this until the deal gets done or doesn't get done. Cause Jesse doesn't want to talk about it anymore. And we'll see because uh, we requested Jesse after practice today and I'm going to request him again next week for the podium. So, you know, it's going to come up. He's going to get asked about it again. 
But uh, I, I'll say this. It may get done. But I guarantee you, Jake, if it gets done, there will not be a team-friendly anything. This isn't going to be some hometown discount or, oh, you drafted me and developed me, and this is going to be such a deal. Bates' agent, David Moletta, is not going to get – this is not going to be, oh, man, the Bengals got him for that? No one's going to say that here. I promise you this deal. And I'm not saying they shouldn't do the deal, by the way. I'm just saying if Katie Blackburn in the Bengals' front office thinks that they're going to get a bargain, that bargain is not happening. And it could be guaranteed dollars and trying to get the bargain. I do not see that happening. I think Mollette is a you know really good agent who's trying to uh, continue to have success and getting his guys paid the way uh, he feels like they deserve. So we'll see. But uh, I would be shocked if this deal gets done and we're saying, wow, what a deal for the Bengals. And if they're in that mindset, I think it's going to take uh, a long, long time for this extension to get done. Maybe some convincing that needs to happen in the Bengals front office. I mean, you look at current top safety contracts are roughly like 7% or so of a team salary cap, 15 ish million dollars out of a roughly $200 million cap with the cap set to go up to $300 million. That 7% figure roughly goes up to 21 million a year. I'm not saying yeah. Jesse Bates is asking for 21 million a year, but in might by, the t- by the time the new money kicks in, if, if they're offering him 12 and he wants 18, 18 is a very manageable cap number in the future with the trajectory we're expecting for the cap, with the expenses we're expecting for this team in terms of extensions that they have to deal with in future years because the big money isn't until Joe Burrow needs to be paid in 2024. Coming up next, a preseason game to talk about. Very excited to talk about real football, the defense. Who are we watching? Coming up next. Preseason is here, and look, that means you're going to have snacks during the game. But on Saturday morning, you know what would be great after you cut your grass or you get that morning workout in? A built Bar. They're the number one protein bar on the planet. I talk about them all the time because I love them. I've had a lot of different protein bars over the past 15 years or so when protein became a thing in my life, and I started to work out and tried to uh, give my muscles a boost and heal them. Well, Built Bars are the best ones I've ever had. I talk about them all the time. I had fans during camp coming up to me saying they were Team Built Bar. I loved it. And you should try them now if you haven't. They have nine delicious flavors, plus some uh, limited time flavors here and there, including right now. So check them all out in one spot, Built.com. And then when you go to make that purchase, you're going to save money, right? So maybe you can Save that money and put it towards Bates', extent, Bates extension. Huh? I'm just kidding. Don't do that. But save the money. Put it in your pocket with promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. You're going to get 15% off. Again, it's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. James, there's a preseason game coming. Are you excited? Are you excited to yeah, watch maybe. actual football? All of which all fans will be able to see because there's no not recording of 11 on 11 in preseason games. I'm excited. Well, yeah, that that you're excited about I'm because excited. you can see you can see everything, right? Um, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see this defense potentially go up against Tom Brady because I think that that's going to be a, a fun one, right? Uh, but no, there's a lot of different things to look for, and I think the fun part, Jake, about covering a young team like the Bengals is there's so many angles and so many different things that obviously we're about to talk about, but yes, real football is here and no Burrow isn't playing yet, 
But once he gets back onto the field and it's meaningful football, it's going to be even better. But the start of preseason football means that the regular season is almost here. So I'm absolutely excited for Saturday night. And the thing is, the more Zach Taylor talks, the more it sounds like Joe Burrow will play in the preseason. But that's for a later conversation. That's not for right now. For right now, I want to talk about this first preseason game. We talked about it a little bit with David yesterday. If you want the Bucks perspective, go check out yesterday's show, David from Locked on Bucks. David Harrison gave us some really good insight from the Tampa perspective, gave us a little Gio Bernard update. It'd be nice to see Gio again, see him doing his work with Tom Brady in Tampa. But the great thing about Tampa being the Bengals' first opponent this preseason is this team is stacked and this team is deep. And that means that across the board, from starters to backups, there's a challenge for everyone on this team. When the defense is on the field, there are so many newcomers to keep an eye on. All three starting corners against a stacked Tampa Bay wide receiver room, right? Some of the best receivers in the league, one of the best receiver units in the league with one of the best quarterbacks in the league throwing to them. And it sounds like these guys are going to play a few series. And then there's the trench battle where you've got the Bengals revamped front against one of the best offensive lines in the league. And you're going to you're you're maybe detecting a theme here. The third one, I mean really all of the starting defense is going to be fascinating to watch because you have the linebacker chess game, the Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, how are they keeping up mentally with Tom Brady's ability to manipulate linebackers, manipulate the second level and work that short game. And so really all three levels of the starting defense will be absolutely fascinating and like I mentioned the depth. I mean backup wide receivers, Tyler Johnson, rookie Jalen Darden, I mean, these are guys that you're going to be seeing going against the Bengals backups. Those are guys that I'm still really high on in the last two years of drafting. So across the board, when Tampa has the ball, we're going to learn a lot about this defense, I think, or or have the possibility of learning a lot about some of these individual pieces. Yes, preseason, a lot of things are vanilla, but there's still a lot of individual matchups to watch and evaluate. No doubt. And the trenches is where my eyes are going to be, right? It's... Can these guys, even without a Trey Hendrickson, can they look the part, even without Larry Ogunjobi? And that's the part, right? Is That's two big pieces, two of your starters. But Osai, does, does he have a good rep here or there? Cam Sample, does he have some good reps in him? And, and, and not only that, DJ Reader. Notice we haven't mentioned DJ Reader a lot during camp. I mean, I did uh, players that have flashed article, and Larry Ogunjobi's had two practices in pads. He made it. I haven't mentioned that with Reader. And I'm not saying readers had a bad camp, but flashing means, oh, I noticed 98 there. I want to see how Reader looks in his first game back from that, that quad injury. So I, I think that that's uh, one of the many storylines here and, and certainly one that I'm going to monitor specifically. How much does 98 play? What does he look like? Does he flash at all? It could be one play. It could be getting into the, in, into the backfield and, and making a stop or commanding a double team and being all right and, and, and shedding it, you know, anything like that where it's like, oh, okay, he's, he's back. He's himself, you know, just a, a sign of it. That's all you really need in the preseason. Uh, so, so that along with the trenches is, is it at the same time, you've heard me talk about Trey Waynes. We've obviously talked about Chido Bayouzie in the secondary. I agree with you. How do they stack up? Because man, you don't have a better receiving core in the NFL than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They are, stacked i mean godwin really you're debating i mean they're just so deep 
I mean, they're so deep. Scotty Miller's like their fifth guy. Antonio Brown, who on the field is a Hall of Famer and is better than any of them, uh, you know, historically. Mike Evans is such a freak. Like, who's guarding Mike Evans right now? I guess you'd put Trey Waynes on him. And so that's a that's a good matchup. And uh, obviously, you have the tight ends in Tampa as well. O.J. Howard, a guy that was on Bengals fans' radar. He's coming back from injury. And, uh, and Rob Gronkowski. So this uh, this secondary is going to be tested as well. And it's you're right, it's a great measuring stick. After days and days and days of talking about how the secondary is gelled and the uh, the defensive line has held its own, well, all right, let's see how you hold your own against the defending Super Bowl champs who are supposed to play Tom Brady at least for a couple series. Yeah. I mean, the entire starting defense, I, I feel like we've gone over it. It's not really a what to watch yet for me. Like, yeah, there are some depth guys for roster battles that are interesting, but I really don't know what to expect yet from this defense, which is why that part of the game is going to be so interesting to me. And again, everything's going to be vanilla and and relatively simple, but that yep. doesn't mean that we won't get an idea for do these people know their jobs? Are they playing fast? Are they thinking too much? Do we have miscommunications? Do we have some of the same issues that have plagued this defense for Lou Anarumo's, you know, first year and a half here and then sporadically down the stretch last year? It, it got better in Lou Anarumo's unit's defense, but a lot of new faces and a very stiff challenge, I think, from the jump. And yeah, the rookies, there are a lot of rookies out there to watch. You talked about the defensive lineman, Cam Sample, Joseph Osai, Marcus Bailey, not a rookie, but didn't get a whole lot of run his first year. There's a little bit of hype around him this year. How does he do off the bench? Does he start to carve out a role for himself? And then figuring out who that last corner is going to be with some of the corners that are not going to be active for this game. A really good chance for some of these guys vying for a roster spot on the depth chart in the cornerback room to make an impression and try to separate from the pack. So really going to be very interesting when the Bengals defense is on the field. I think that's where a lot of my questions are going to be this game, but there are still, of course, some very important pieces to monitor when the Bengals offense is on the field. Even if Joe Burrow isn't playing from rookies to the obvious concern and thing that you and I have been talking about the most, the offensive line, still plenty to watch when the Bengals had the ball and we'll get into those topics coming up next. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action, including Saturday night. Do you want to take the Buccaneers? Do you want to take the Bengals? You can bet on NFL preseason games, prop bets, and so much more at betonline.ag. They got Major League Baseball, NHL, and like I said, prop bets, regular season bets. Maybe you think Joe Burrow is going to be comeback player of the year, or maybe Joe Mixon gets one touch on Saturday and takes it to the house and you say, that's the comeback player of the year. You can wager on that as well. So head over to betonline.ag right now. You can sign up for free. And when you go to make that first deposit, make sure you use promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50% welcome bonus. Again, when you make that first deposit at betonline.ag, use promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Offense, James. Rookies, Jamar Chase. Chris Evans, Brandon Allen playing quarterback, Jackson Carmen trying to find some successful snaps at right guard or left guard or wherever Jackson Carmen ends up playing. Plenty to watch when the Bengals are on offense from just the starting trio of receivers. Do they get separation to 
most importantly, how does this offensive line hold up against one of the best pass rushes and best run defending defensive fronts in the NFL? That's the big question. That's the big test. And I can't think of a better challenge for this team in the first week of preseason than Tampa. We, we talked about it a lot when the defense is on the field. A lot of those same principles apply when the Bengals offense is out there trying to find its way. Yep. It's, it's all about the trenches. Can they find a right guard? I think Quentin Spain's going to settle in fine at left guard and be the left guard. Maybe that's not the case. Right. But I, I really don't think Deontay Smith is going to push him for that job, even though they haven't crowned Spain the starter yet. So one, you need health from the guys that you believe in. Right. Jonah Williams, Riley Reef, probably Quentin Spain. Trey Hopkins not going to play at center. But then can someone emerge like, damn it, Billy Price, can you like show up some like I'm serious? Can uh, any of these right guards do something like Xavier Suofilo? I, I don't want to talk about how Larry Ogunjobi just crushed you in practice. Go out there and win this starting job and show you can still be a starter in the NFL. It's right there. Like, that's the thing is, like, I'm going to be critical of Jackson Carmen if he stinks. But he is a rookie. Uh, these these other guys, someone can seize it. And m- maybe it is Michael Jordan. Maybe he comes in and he just dominates, right? But someone needs to emerge at right guard and be better than bad. <laughs> be better than below average. And, and, like, I need average play on the interior of this line. I think you could get that from Trey Hopkins. Not sure about Billy Price. Probably not. I think you could get that from Quentin Spain. Not sure out of all these right guards who it is. And if we're recording late Saturday night, early Sunday morning, Jake, depending on what time zone you're in and reacting to the preseason game, and we're talking about how bad the guard play is, I'm saying it now, so it's not like I'm emotionally reacting. They better get a damn guard next week. Like if Michael Jordan's bad and Xavier Suofilo whiffs and Car- uh, Jackson Carmen just looks bad, that's it then. you got to go find an answer because this cannot happen. You cannot have the interior of the line collapsing on your star quarterback who's coming back from a, a torn ACL. It's just ridiculous. And it, not just an ACL, by the way, much worse than just one ligament. So uh, hopefully someone emerges. That's my hope. Like uh, as long as everybody stays healthy, right, you always root for that. And then just a guy or two flashes a little bit on the offensive line, boom! Successful preseason, success like I'm preseason game at least. I'm not worried really about Jamar Chase much yet. I, I want to try to figure out this right guard spot that is such a glaring hole right now as we record this podcast. Yeah, and it's not like he's going against slouches. I mean, the yeah. interior yeah. for Tampa just brings it from. Yeah. Man, I'm forgetting his name. Who's the guy that was hurt and came back for the Super Bowl? Long hair. Vita Vita. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vita 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 You know about the edge rusher Shaq Baird among them, Jason Pierre Paul. I mean, absolute monsters, right? That's that's a test for yeah for anybody. And so yeah, you would like to see somebody hold their own. And I 100% agree with you. I mean, Brandon Thorne today tweeting, you know what teams could really use a steady veteran like Kevin Zeitler right now? The New York Giants and the Cincinnati Bengals. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling that. I'm feeling that today. The other question is, who's playing tackle after Jonah and Riley Reef 
go out. Fred Johnson not playing. Hakeem Adeniji obviously not playing. Currently, Deontay Smith listed at guard. And apparently, it's going to be Gunnar Vogel. And yep. it's going to be Isaiah Prince getting a lot of the yeah. run at, at backup tackle in preseason game number one. These are fringe roster guys. And I get it yep. it's because of injury. But, you know, we've talked about offensive line depth quite a bit. Maybe these guys look good. That would be a welcome surprise, right? But I would say that, yes, we need the games. We need a live situation where teams are playing full out to really evaluate what's going on. But it hasn't been super encouraging. Encouraging? Why did I say it weird? It hasn't been super encouraging out of camp for the interior offensive line. Although I will say this, James, Dan Horde shouted out Billy Price today. He was pleased with what he saw from Billy Price today. He thinks that he's responding well to Frank Pollock. So maybe Dan's right. We'll watch Billy and see if he shows up. As you say, if one of these guys shows up, we feel a lot better, right? We feel like, oh, well, maybe they knew what they were doing when they didn't sign Zeitler and they didn't go after Matt Filer and they didn't go after, you know, any of these other guards that we've talked about at nauseum this offseason, right? And so uh, a good opportunity here for the offensive line to show that somebody can step up and be a solid player where we're anticipating a hole right now. Jesse Bates is saying, show me the money, and I don't want to yell, but he's saying it right in his Tom Cruise, Jerry Maguire voice. Show me something offensive line. I hope it's Billy Price. I hope Billy Price mauls these dudes and crushes Vita Vea in all these interior linemen for the Bucks, and says, man, I'm going to be the starting center. You can put Trey Hopkins' ass at guard. Like, I hope he does that. I just haven't seen that, and there's nothing that's going to, until he does it, convince me that he's capable of doing it. And that's how I feel about all, all like four or five of these guys. And then you say Zeitler, and it's like, well, damn it. You should have just gotten Zeitler. Like, it would have been done. Zeitler's plug and play. And now you have Spain and Zeitler. And that would have been enough with these guys behind them, I think. But you're banking on one of them emerging, and hope, hopefully one of them does um, oh man, I could go about the, you know, on and on about the offensive line, but let's get to some of the other uh, spots that we're going to be looking at. Cause there are some camp battles. Obviously we want to see Jamar chase, make a catch note. Brandon Allen's going to be his quarterback. He hasn't really even worked with Brandon Allen this preseason or this training camp. It's been all burrow for the most part. So who knows if they're on the same page, if they're not on Saturday, not a big deal. Just want to note that now before the game starts and people freak out. But the thing I'm going to be paying attention to, uh, the back end of the receiver room, it's pretty interesting. Trent Irwin um, had a huge, huge catch deep ball from Kyle Shermer on fra- Thursday. Sorry, it's th- Thursday's practice. And uh, and we'll see. Irwin's flashed a little bit. Number 16, keep an eye out for him. Obviously, we've talked about Trent Taylor. Uh, the back end of this receiver room, who's going to emerge and grab that sixth spot? Right now, I think it's Taylor. Do they keep seven? Does someone force their hand? Scotty Washington, number 14. Um, You know, obviously your guy, Stanley Morgan, 17. And I'm naming the numbers so people get them in their heads because you're going to see guys that you don't necessarily recognize. Uh, But but that's uh, certainly something I'll be watching on Saturday night. Depth at wide receiver and depth at running back where I think the running back battle just is interesting. If if not more interesting with Chris Evans, Travion Williams, Jacquez Patrick, Really, and I guess Puka Williams you throw in there. I don't know if Puka's going to play. Did did Taylor's comment on Puka Williams' availability? He didn't mention Puka, but he, he was talking about like starters that weren't going to play. Yeah. So I, I think if, if Puka's 
less than 100 percent he wouldn't play I would, yeah I would so be, i would say I, I still think he's on the outside looking in right now. I've kind of thought that the whole time. I, I would have to see something pretty special to think otherwise. While Chris Evans has impressed, Jacquez Patrick has impressed, Travion Williams has yep. been around for a few years and has done some things in his own right. So really interesting backup there. Especially excited to see Chris Evans in live action, see how he, how he reacts to the pass rush, how he reacts as a runner. Because I have heard that he's been better than expected in some ways as a runner, not just as a receiver. So those things all exciting and interesting to watch. And James, maybe the most interesting thing for people that like to make fun of me for not liking the Bengals drafting a kicker is there's a rookie kicker showdown in this game. Jose Borgales was an undrafted free agent kicker, was with Evan McPherson up there to debated to be the best kicker in this draft Mm -hmm. he's apparently been very good for tampa in the preseason he'll be kicking for tampa while evan mcpherson is rotating a little bit but will be kicking for the bengals so fifth round kicker versus undrafted kicker putting my idea to the test in one anecdotal game that clearly means everything for who is right or wrong about whether you should draft a kicker a kicker showdown between rookies on saturday Oh, I love it. I love it. Evan McPherson talked on Thursday for the first time. I like the kid. I think he's, I you know, he, he's one of those dudes that just, he seems like he's going to show up. He's not going to lose his mind if he misses his first kick and the weather could be rough on Saturday. So it's going to be tough yeah. on these kickers. Uh, the other thing, because obviously we're monitoring, uh, monitoring kicker gate and they're supposed to alternate by the way, mm-hmm. uh, Evan McPherson and Austin Seibert. So one might have a kickoff. The, other, the next one has an extra point. Uh, that Jamar Chase after Jamar catches a touchdown. How about that for a prediction? Uh, or or uh, field goal attempt, and they'll alternate that way. Um, the other thing is punt returner. Darius Phillips is the the guy who was there with the first team when they were working on special teams on Thursday. Obviously, he was at the top of the depth chart. Trent Taylor right behind him. How do these guys do it? How do they fare? And if there's bad weather, if it's windy, if it's rainy, that's another factor in, in the punt return game. So, it's, uh, it's going to be a big night, I think, for Darren Simmons' crew as he uh, evaluates those things, evaluates pump protector. I mean, there's a lot of spots on this special teams unit that they're going to have to be looking at and evaluating throughout camp. And got to figure out Gunner because oh, yeah. I, I don't know who's gunning on this team if it's not Stanley Morgan, Morgan Stanley. And if uh, they got to find somebody who can who can both play special teams and contribute in other places, right? And if they can't get that a wide receiver, then they need to find it somewhere else. Maybe it's Thaddeus Moss, right? I don't think Thaddeus Moss is a gunner. Maybe it's Brandon Wilson. Uh, by the way, is Darius Phillips playing? I thought that I had heard that he is not playing. Is he actually playing? Oh, I, th- I think so. I okay. mean, I don't see why he wouldn't. He he practiced in full okay. on Thursday. I, I could yeah. just be mistaken then. So, yeah, that'll be that'll be good to watch, too, the Eli punt Apple. battle. Eli Apple isn't playing. Okay. There so that's go. the one. He's been dinged up. And uh, as you mentioned, James, last note here, the weather. There's a tropical storm coming through Florida, apparently not expected to be terribly dangerous, but I don't think you really want to be playing football in those conditions. So uh, it sounds like the game might get moved up a few hours. They're expecting the, the winds and the rain not to really get to Tampa area, I guess, until later on Saturday. So potential that the game gets moved up in terms of time, but it sounds like it's going to remain on Saturday according to some comments from Bruce Arians, but I don't know if anybody really knows yet and certainly at the whims of mother nature there a little bit. Next time you hear from us, it'll be after 
a football game. A football game will be played in 2021 in late summer 2021. And James and I are very excited to talk about it. As I as I mentioned, as Jane mentioned, excited to talk about football that I've observed firsthand and really looking forward to that. Can I give you a prediction? If you must. Oh my God, you gotta give a prediction. It's I gotta give a prediction. Football, James, but yes. I'm going with the goat. I'm going with the goat. <laughs> so Tom is, Brady. Does that mean does that mean that the Tampa first unit beats the Bengals first unit you're betting on? You're you're saying Tom Brady uh-huh. in his two drives will beat Brandon Allen in his two drives? Brandon Allen, Shermer, Donji, doesn't matter what you I mean. But Brady's only playing a couple of drives. That's it. That's all it takes. Tropical so, storm or not, baby. By the way, I would not put him out there. They're out of their damn minds. That's insane. I wouldn't. I know he wants to play. Sit your ass down, Tom. The last time the Bengals beat Tom Brady, they were in tropical storm-like conditions, you might remember. We'll see if that plays a role at all on Saturday. We're coming your way next after the game with a game recap. Until then, Bengals fans, hootay and have a good one.